Hi, I'm Vanessa Lee, registered nurse, top aesthetic injector, a trusted authority in the world of beauty and skincare, and the founder of The Things We Do, an East Meets West medical spa with three locations in Southern California and growing. Hi, I'm Janet G, aesthetic nurse director of The Things We Do and virtual mentor to new and future injectors. Welcome to the podcast. Join us as we cover all the things we do for beauty. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, welcome to season three, episode five. I'm here with Janet. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, everyone. Hello. Okay, so today's episode, we are talking about bioregenerative cosmetic medicine, which is one of my favorite subjects to talk about with patients in clinic. How do you feel about it? I feel like it's growing in our field, and I feel like a lot of our patients are leaning more towards bioregenerative cosmetic medicine, and it's just fun because we do so much of it in office. Well, it's the way of the future, I feel like. You know what I mean? In, in research, is really leading towards that as well, like um, the pipeline, as these pharmaceutical companies like to talk about, of what's going to be FDA approved and coming out in their portfolios in the next several years is really exciting and leaning towards bioregenerative medicine or biostimulators. So we want to talk to you guys about it today and talk to you about what you can start with in your practice today, really, and some of our favorite ways that we use these things. So let's go ahead and start off with our first one. So PRFM, which is one of my favorite treatments. I love it. I actually did it last year in December, and I used to do it like three to four times a year, which I feel like is the best. Yeah. Before I had kids, when I had all the time in the world. Yeah, I hear you. Let's tell them what PRFM stands for, because it sounds like, I always feel like it's not a sexy name for it. No, it's It's, not. It's not a sexy name. We call it the blood booster in the office sometimes because patients are like, what is RFPM? Like, they don't love it. PFRM. It sounds like a lame radio station. It stands for platelet-rich fibrin matrix. So if you've been a patient in office, you know that the process is we draw your blood and then we spin it in a centrifuge, which separates your growth factors. And we use those growth factors and inject them into the skin or reintroduce them back into the tissue. And it kind of signals your body to make collagen in that given area. So I always tell patients, you can pretty much place it everywhere, but our patients really love it in the under eyes, the submalar area around the mouth. Um, the submental area or in the preauricular area. And we use it in so many different ways in office. So if you guys are familiar with PRP, platelet-rich plasma, years ago, I would say closer to around 10 years ago, this treatment in usage of PRP wasn't so popular. In fact, I remember bringing it up to an employer about 12 years ago, and I was like, you know, Asia's really taking off with this. There's studies over there. Um, it's natural growth factor from our own bodies. It's really helpful in sports medicine. And this is something that is being, you know, it's crossing over right now in aesthetics and is really starting to take off. We should consider bringing something like this on, or what do you even think about it? And this person was like, no, I don't think there's anything to it. It sounds really frou-frou. There's not a lot of Western studies done on it. And now PRP, as you know, is one of the most uh, popular treatments for, you know, helping people with skin. We use the PRP, the blood growth factor, 
in microneedling. We use it for injecting it into the scalp to help, you know, regenerate follicle health, all of that. So PRFM is taking PRP and it's thickening it with a mineral called calcium chloride. So we have calcium chloride in our systems and when we mix it with the PRP, it turns into this thickened gel almost. And when we place that into your tissues, it rejuvenates whatever tissue we place it on. So if we were to place it closer towards the fat tissue or skin tissue or muscle tissue, it helps regenerate and biostimulate more of that tissue. So essentially it's using your own body's natural healing response to repair itself, but amplified because you have this strengthened growth factor. So Janet was talking about where we use it in office on patients. Um, when we do one blood pull, tell tell everyone like how many cc's you usually get of PRF. You usually from one get tube. about three cc's, three cc's of PRF. Two if someone isn't as hydrated, but typically a lot of our patients know beforehand to come hydrated. So I get a good three cc's consistently out of everyone. So it really gives me a lot of PRFM to work with. It's a lot. I mean, three cc's. Think of three syringes of filler. Um, mind you, it's not going to give you the same results as filler. This is yes. more of like a thickening of the tissues and less of volumizing and sculpting and doing all of that. This is more so if someone has crepey under eyes and maybe those accordion lines close to their mouth from smiling and moving so much and um, thinning skin. This is what we place into those zones to kind of get this very smoothing effect, a strengthening effect for the skin. And what's nice with PRF in comparison to PRP is that PRFM has, I mean, you do one to two treatments and it's equivalent for, it's equivalent to doing around three to four treatments of PRP as far as what I've seen and a lot of other practitioners have seen and written about online. Um, it's really wonderful for us to place it in the under eye. So out of those three CCs, I usually use one CC dedicated to under eyes. And Janet, can you tell them who the perfect patient to use this PRF in the under eyes is for? I mean, I think it's really for everyone, but tell me who like we really see this beautiful rebounding response pretty quickly. Yeah, I feel like you can use it on everyone, but really the patients who have like that thinning skin in the under eye area who maybe aren't a good candidate for filler or even those patients who have volume loss that could be treated with filler, but they want to strengthen their skin a little bit more prior to introducing filler to the area. I feel like those patients are the ones that respond really well. But I like that point that you made that it's not, it shouldn't be confused for filler because filler will work on volume loss. PRFM, we think of it more of like a skin treatment. So if you have any fine lines in that area, crepey skin, um, then the PRFM is probably going to be the best for you. And you'd be surprised how a little bit of skin strengthening in that area can really kind of set you up for success in that area. Because if we were to introduce filler in the future, then the skin there has a lot more integrity and it makes a better home for the filler. Yeah, that's a really powerful point. Um, as far as the under eyes, I also like using it on patients who have uh, thinning skin closer towards like that inner corner of the eye and are maybe more fair and you can see the vascularities underneath and almost looks like this darkness where some people might think it's a darkness due to actual hollowing 
and it's not due to hollowing, you can just see the vascularity through that person's skin. Once we thicken the skin in the under eye area and we get closer to that inner eye corner, we like using, by the way, a 27 gauge cannula. Um, do you remember the length of the cannula that it's we It's a one and a half inch 27 okay. gauge cannula. That's what we like using in that area. But when we use it for skin brightening, it works really nicely as well. Um, so someone who has you know, a little bit of thinning skin in the under eye area or who wants to work on that preventatively because they know their genetics, they've seen it in their mom or dad, grandma, grandpa, um, someone who has maybe stronger vascularities that show through the skin and they want to disguise that a bit more, someone who has just dulling in the skin, like someone who has a dull um, area in the under eyes that wants to bring it to like a brighter, you know, more youthful look, that's definitely possible. Um, Janet was saying that we also use it in the submalar zone. So that's the area just below the cheekbone. And that area tends to get quite gaunt in more diamond face shapes and square face shapes. And this is a great way for us to thicken the skin before we help place threads in that area or if we help um, this area volumize later on with other biostimulators and with fillers. The most important thing is that the skin is able to hold that volume and we're able to strengthen it and like Janet said create new integrity can you tell them how we use it around the mouth I love it around the mouth because I have some patients where they're not a good candidate for filler around the mouth just yet because they do have like some some volume loss but mainly it's their skin there that's kind of lacking in collagen where you see like a little bit like you're talking about perioral rhytids perioral rhytids right around the mouth and like the mental zone I feel like you know when patients have a little bit of shadowing in that area but it's not enough to place filler okay so we're talking about if you're not sure what perioral rhytids or oral commissures are we're talking about like smokers lines this is a great place to inject it with a needle I like doing one centimeter aliquots of tiny boluses just into the skin. And then oral commissures are almost like those marionettes. So if you think of the corners of your mouth and that shadow that comes down just on the sides, it's a great area to treat. It really smooths that area up so nicely. Um, like I said, it's ideal for patients who don't have so much volume loss in that area. And the patients that I have treated with PRFM in that area, they love it. They almost say it's like the equivalent of what they would expect filler to do but I think it's just a matter of like choosing the right candidate and I always tell my patients if you think of it in terms of more of a skin treatment then I think you're going to be very pleased with the results and if you're someone who wants to work on your skin and the skin integrity then it's really great around that area because it helps to lift the shadows in the most natural way possible. Yeah, and it's a really nice skin plumper. Like we're thickening the skin, right? So if patients um, aren't convinced when you say skin treatment, try using the, you know, different wording. Try saying skin plumper, skin thickener, because people are buying so much skincare, thousands of dollars of skincare a year, just seeing and going crazy over the ingredient hyaluronic acid for skin plumping. And this is so much stronger with what we can do in such a short period of time. So it's really nice for them to be able to kind of picture that effect. I also want to talk about how we use it in the preauricular area, which is this area right in front of the ears that tends to kind of thin out um, the area right in front of the ears also can get this little wrinkly laxity mm -hmm. to it. Um, that area is one of my favorite places to place PRFM because we do want to thicken that zone. If you think about the areas in the face where um, you lose more, where you end up gaining more laxity because of the loss of elasticity, 
it happens laterally first, so towards the hairline and towards the ears. So we want to help thicken that skin because once that skin is rejuvenated, it can also help the areas that are more medial to it. The more medial areas are the areas that are more towards the center of the face. So when we treat the preauricular, think of actually you're indirectly treating the jowls and the fullness around the mouth that starts to kind of cloud and create a shadow just in front of it. I also love treating the submental area. Janet, can you tell them the submental area is, I mean, tell them how where much we love it. I love it. So the submental area is where the, the area where your chin or your, um, like kind of like that double chin that people call it meets the neck, that thin area of skin that patients will re- refer to as like their turkey neck. Like a lot of mm-hmm. my patients say it's like their turkey neck. It's that little area of thinning skin. So I love placing PRFM. Well, submental is also considered the double the, chin area. The double chin area. Yeah, basically that whole area that kind of thins out and you see a little bit more laxity and patients become more conscious of it over time. So PRFM in that area, we can inject it. I mean, we can do so much with it. But when you kind of inject it into that area, I like using a cannula and I like inject it just all across and it just looks so nice a couple weeks in about a month in it's kind of like it's sweet spot right you kind of see a little bit of tightening and there's other things we're going to talk about that I love doing in that area next but PRFM is definitely a great starting point point. and the submental zone I like going in with needle I know it's more comfortable for patients probably yeah. to do the submental um, zone with uh, cannula but I do like going in with a, a, a needle and just placing these one centimeter aliquots all throughout that zone as well Um, Sometimes patients do have a little bit of bruising, but I do feel like it creates a a lot more of that collagen neogenesis within the submental zone, and it helps just kind of create this carriage within that soft tissue where when you have that thickened skin, it can hold closer to the floor of your mouth, and it looks really beautiful. And the skin integrity is just so improved that usually after one treatment, one to two, you see a big difference in how in side views or in photos where maybe you're not holding your jaw really strongly when you know you're being photographed, let's say you're taking a candid photo, your side view just looks so much more rejuvenated. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about threads. Okay. Threads is one of our favorite and probably most controversial in our industry. Yes, definitely. One of our favorite bioregenerative cosmetic treatments. So as far as thread goes, will you let them know about the different, the two different kinds that we mainly work with? So we have lifting threads in office, which are um, the threads that have barbs or cogs on them that help to lift and reposition the tissue. And then we have the skin thickening or the spoo threads, like we we like to call it sometimes, that we place um, a little bit more superficially. And those pretty much just stimulate collagen in the skin. So we have two different type of threads that can be done together. I like to do them all together when we're treating the different areas of the face. But honestly, I've been in aesthetics for over seven years now and a lot of my patients have been with me for you know six seven years and it gets to a point where we need something that's going to lift and reposition the tissue and I can't use filler so threads have been an excellent tool in my toolbox for these patients and for patients who maybe just aren't ready for filler yet or aren't a good candidate for filler. So I did a previous episode all dedicated to threads and what they are and the different kinds of threads and the history of threads and all of that stuff. I highly suggest that you go back and listen if you want to learn more about them. We are a big thread clinic, the things we do. We... um, love treating this, uh, treating our patients with this because like Janet said, 
Um, there's a certain place for fillers in the face, a neuromodulator. You know, you can have neuromodulator to smooth the skin and lift or like relax certain muscles. With filler, you can kind of contour and like angle the face in certain ways. You can replenish volume loss. But there's something said, um, something should be said about, you know, really working on elasticity. I mean, we can work on thickening and improving to a certain degree elasticity with PRFM. But what we need to do a lot of times for loss of elasticity is really just lift the area without creating a lot more volume. So threads are a great way to do that, the lifting threads. The threads end up lifting the tissues by certain positions being anchored within the face and certain vectors and certain depths in the skin. Um, so there are a few different variables that you absolutely have to get right for the correct results. You need to get the vectors right, the planes correct, you need to choose the right patient, you need to be using the right threads, you need to be using the right amount of threads per vector. Um, and I think it takes a lot to become a great thread practitioner. But when you get things right, what ends up happening is you place these supporters or these biostimulators into a zone. And as they are dissolving within your system, your tissue is taking the place of those threads and holding. So again, we're using your, your body's own natural healing response to repair itself and to just kind of hold within this zone. And that's your own tissue. That doesn't metabolize out of your body if you've been working out a lot more or if you've been in the sauna more it doesn't leave you through your lymphatics all of a sudden that's your own tissue that will be holding for the next one to two years and then the aging process takes over again and you go through this like you know loss of collagen loss of elasticity and then we can do the treatment again this patient is for i always say and i i know that you say is the same thing janet but we always say that this patient is for the person who has a little loss of elasticity in certain zones or the person who has um, you know, an aversion to surgery and doesn't want to do a facelift because believe me, if a patient wants to do a facelift <laughs> and they're a good candidate for it, I'm sending them away and I'm sending them to go get the surgery done, right? Like how often have you had to do that? Yeah. And I think I tell patients all the time that if you're already looking into surgeons and already looking and getting consultations, then you do are, the surgery. then you're ready for surgery and threads are not to be confused with surgery, even though they do an amazing job at lifting. It will never replace. It will never Surgery. surgery is the gold standard and then threads are something that we can do in office for those who are a good candidate for it yeah like let's say if someone says i will never get surgery i'm not into it but can we lift from here to here and it's maybe a few millimeters maybe a couple of centimeters yes absolutely we can do this for you or if someone says i'm not ready for surgery and they truly are not like they're not a candidate just yet um and they want to address a little bit of you know um, not so much fullness in the jowl, but loss of elasticity in the lower face. And we can shift that a couple of millimeters for them. I always try to tell patients, think about yourself in, when you get out of the shower and you throw your head, your hair in a towel and you, and you throw your head back and you get this little lift within the temple zone. And that kind of lifts just the cheek area where the brows are, the lower face, all of that. If you like that lift, you're a great thread candidate as far as aesthetics go and then we have to do some deeper diving to make sure deeper diving deeper digging to make sure that you are truly a good candidate but i love 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 the lifting threads and then we have the skin thickening threads so janet was saying we call those the smooth threads or we call those the monos i love these threads they're so, so fun they're great for just creating and these are the tiny threads that you see usually where people i mean this is a little ridiculous but they'll put like a hundred in a cheek for whatever reason like um, that's, I think, how it got viral on like social media is these people 
who are practitioners are trying to use the threads for kind of everything, like in lieu of PRFM, in in lieu of fillers, in lieu of a few like different things. Like microneedling, things they, like that. Yeah, they do build wonderful amounts of collagen. So we like to use it for um, submental zone. I like to treat that area just to make it a little bit tighter. I like to put it along the jawline. I like to place them kind of perpendicular to those accordion lines that come in the lower cheek area. You could even um, put them above the brows. You know, there's a slight chance of bruising in that area, a little bit more bruising than normal. But like mm-hmm. for those patients who have those little lines and that right above the brow where we, you know, might want to treat it with microtox. But I feel like the smoothing threads or the skin thickening threads are a very nice long term solution for those patients because you're just stimulating collagen in that area. Asia has been working with threads for so much longer than we have here in the U.S. Um, We have had so many trainings and I personally have had so many trainings from different providers here in the West, which were great, but I felt like the best trainings I got were from nurses and plastic surgeons from South Korea. Um, And so I feel like, you know, if you're going to be trained on something, do it for someone who's been doing it for at least 10 years plus and who has really mastered that skill. So I think that's also what sets us apart. The threads that we really love to use at the things we do are Mint PDO, which is made by Hans Bio, who is like the allergen of Korea, basically. I love, love, love that company for um, lifting threads. And we also use some threads from PDO Max. Um, And it's one of these things where I feel like, um, you know, in your office, you have these different portfolios of pharmaceutical companies and you mainly use one company, but you also use a couple of things from the competitor company just to kind of fill in those blanks so that you have the most complete tool belt as possible. So we do use a couple of thread companies. And then as far as technique goes, I feel like Less is more in some areas, but if Mm -hmm. you're really trying to lift a heavier face, that's that's a tall order, I think, a lot of times because you need to use uh, several more threads than you would in someone who just has a little loss of elasticity. And you also have to tell that patient, we may need to do one more thread treatment six months later. And then from there, the treatment, the result should last about one and a half to two years. Um, but really, depending on the patient that's presenting and their, you know, their skin thickness and the skin elasticity, uh, patient choice goes a long way. But it's, again, one of my favorite, favorite treatments. We can say so much about the threads. Let's talk about microneedling. Oh, my gosh. This should be a whole episode on its own because oh, there is so many, there's so <laughs> many different types of microneedling that we offer in office. So microneedling, let's just say what it is. If you've never heard about it before, if you've been living under a rock, microneedling is just getting into the skin with tiny needles, whether it's through microinfusion, microneedling pens, dermal rolling, which I'm not obsessed with, but still it's a form of microneedling and also microneedling with radiofrequency or MNRF. Those are all forms of microneedling. Um, essentially what's happening is we're taking these microneedles, placing them into the skin, um, creating these tiny, tiny micro punctures. Your skin now feels that there's been some injury in the tissues and now the healthy skin wants to repair the wounded skin. And so you get this influx of neocollagenesis. You get this new tissue, which makes your skin smoother texturally. It makes it a little plumper and it makes it more rejuvenated. So that in a nutshell is microneedling. What we love 
in our office. I mean, there's quite a few I was that we have. To say, which one do we even start with? Let's start with the microneedling with PRFM or okay. like, you know. So we talked That's about That's probably the most profound result that you yes. get. Yes. Yeah. So with PRFM, which is what we talked about earlier, the platelet-rich fibrin matrix, I will always pair the PRFM with the microinfusion. So a microinfusion, think of it like I like to call it like mini microneedling um because the needles don't go in as deep, right? So only a 0.6 millimeter depth versus microneedling radio frequency machine. The one that we have and we love is Vivace. That goes up to 2.5 to 3 millimeters. So you can see there's quite Huge a difference, difference there. So that means you just don't have a lot of downtime, right? But that microinfusion with the PRFM is my favorite thing to do in the under eye area because if we're injecting the PRFM into the tissue, you're going to see a lot of collagen production that way. And then on top of that, we're stamping it with the microinfusion device and we're also infusing it into the superficial layers of the skin, which is just another way to signal your body to make collagen in that area. So if you think about it with the eye area, we want to targeted in different ways in order to get as much collagen production as possible. I love treating the brow bone. I love getting as close as possible to the lids, you know, that especially people with naturally hooded lids, just to kind of tighten that up with the microneedling and and, um, combine it with PRFM, you, you get such a beautiful result. I also really love the story of how we chose Vivace with and combining it with PRFM. I feel like you looked into Vivace for like a year and a half, right? Well, I looked into microneedling radiofrequency yeah. heat-based therapies for so long. And I sample, I demoed a couple of them. I did some deep research in the industry. I looked at patient satisfaction results on real self. I reached out to people with practices who had multiple machines um, and just talked to them about what works best, what do patients see the most results with, what do patients just overall are most satisfied with, and Vivace kept coming up. And so I really love Vivace because it doesn't, the possibility of melting the good fat in the face versus some of these other machines out there, some of them are, you know, really popular, Morpheus, they do a great job with marketing, Um, the possibility of melting the good fat in your face and just rejuvenating the skin is, is, it's just, it, it doesn't compare. You still get the skin tightening, but it's so low, the possibility of ruining the good fat in your face. And personally, I think you should keep as much fullness in the face as possible to continue that more youthful journey as the aging process continues. Um, as far as the Vivace machine, what I thought was so interesting when we first demoed it was we demoed it on someone who was working with us at the time for marketing. And this person ended up having really, really deep scar tissue from previous acne scarring. And it was much worse on one side of the face versus the other. And so we demoed the machine on the face, on the side of the face where I'm sorry, you guys, I'm like drinking. (laughs) I'm getting all parched and I've been drinking. And so now I'm like trying to hold down burps. I'm so gross. (laughs) Anyways. So We ended up doing the side of the face without PRFM and he had great results. We like, you know, tracked it after a month, after two months, but the side of the face that had deeper acne scarring, we placed PRFM on that side and did a deeper microneedling radio frequency treatment on that side. And that side ended up becoming his actual smoother side once the results showed up after about a month to two months. And that to me was so exciting. I was like, okay, not only did we see 
significant results with one treatment on the left side of the face, but his right side that had much deeper acne scarring, once we placed in the PRFM, it just went so nicely with the science of the radio frequency machine, the Vivace machine, and got us even better results than the smoother side. And I was sold. I was like, this is what we have to do. And the thing is, Vivace is so much more comfortable than some of those other technologies. Um, I personally was burned with a radio frequency microneedling machine from another company and had hypopigmented white spots all over my face for about two months. And I was livid, livid. I did um, a post about this, actually, and that company sent me uh, cease and desist and was like, go oh, ahead, take this down. We're going to lose all of these people because of you. And I was like, this actually happened to me. It's what are not, you talking yeah. about? You promised that this was for all skin types. I said, fine, do it on myself before you tried on any of my patients. And then we did it on myself and I was burnt. So I love Vivace. I did this treatment on myself um, when we demoed it the same day that we demoed that other patient. Um, I did my entire face. I loved the results. I was really surprised at how comfortable it was. And at one point, in fact, I said, I don't believe you're microneedling me. Like, are you bullshitting me right now? And the nurse was like, no, I'm really microneedling you. And I was like, why is this so comfortable? And she said, Pain for Vivace is not a clinical endpoint. If you're not in pain, the machine is still working beautifully. That's like the beauty of this machine, which is also made in Korea, which I love so much. So we did my full face. We also did my neck. I had them do my neck without any numbing because I didn't believe that they were microneedling. And in fact, they were microneedling, I found <laughs> out, but it was still tolerable. Um, but I just love, love, love that form of microneedling. Um, we also do microneedling with our microneedling pen, which Janae, who is one of our nurses at the Venice location, is obsessed with. She so much. does so much microneedling with our microneedling pen. So Janae loves doing it with um, a PRFM and she also likes adding skin boosters and skin brighteners in it in order to place that superficially on your skin. It's kind of like some a practice that we've adopted from her and we use it on certain patients if they're a good candidate. But our patients love traditional microneedling with PRFM as well. So I always tell patients you can do microneedling on its own, right? Like that's, you can always do that. But when we think of PRFM or when we think of even like radio frequency, think about these other treatment modalities that are also stimulating collagen. So your endpoint is going to be the best results because you not only have just traditional microneedling stimulating collagen, but you have the PRFM working in your favor and you have radio frequency working in your favor. So when you guys hear us talk about microneedling with PRFM or microneedling radio frequency with PRFM, just know that we're thinking of of all the different ways we can produce collagen in your skin in order to get you the best results. But the microneedling pen is kind of like the like the OG, if you will. Yeah, I love microneedling with the actual pen device um, for a lot of patients. Personally, for myself, I have to go very light because I am a woman of color and I'm skin type 5. Um, with the microneedling pen, I feel like with what most patients get who are more fair than myself, I get a stronger inflammation response. And I have had PIH in the past, which is post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation with microneedling uh, with the device. And that's just because I wanted my provider to go ham on me and get the most result possible. Um, with microneedling radiofrequency or Vivace machine, you 
you don't get post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation because you're not getting that dragging of the needle. It's a straight in, straight out. Um, With microneedling devices, I love that they say that it's puncturing the skin and not dragging on the skin, but I still believe it's impossible to not have any dragging on the skin when you're sliding it across. I do think that our microneedling pen device that we have is very good at keeping patients safe as well as our providers. And I think that that treatment specifically is amazing for skin types one through five who don't tend to hyperpigment. But I personally, for my skin specifically, have had the best journey with the microneedling radio frequency. What has been your favorite microneedling treatment? Oh, I love the Vivace, the microneedling radio oh, okay. frequency like on, on my stomach. Oh, I loved talk to it. us about so this. I did it twice. Um, the first time I did I it. I remember. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we kind of cranked it up and I was still very comfortable. We had numbing cream on for 25 minutes and, and I was very And why did you want to treat your stomach? So I've had two kids, right? So I feel like the skin, especially around my belly button, especially in certain movements, it looked very thin and very crepey. And I don't mind that. It's kind of like I've had two kids. I'm happy and I'm proud of that. But I just know it's going to get worse. And I don't know if I can live with that. <laughs> Yeah. I kind of want to. We're get, those girls. I you wanna, know, it's I fine if some people are are okay with that. But yes. we're the first ones to be like, oh, that science exists. Yeah, um, I volunteer as tribute. So I was so like, much. let's try it. I want to tighten up the skin there. I loved it after the first one so much that I was like, yeah, I have to do a second one, and I plan on doing a third after the summertime. And I feel like my sweet spot was right around six weeks. And they say it's up to like three to six months later, you see the results. So yeah. I'm like excited to see how much better it gets. Yeah. But I feel like after the first one, six weeks in, I was sitting and I noticed above my belly button, it didn't crinkle as much. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. We got to do another one of these. So I'm I scheduled dying to some do time. my stomach. I love it. You it's guys the know best. that I had, well, maybe you don't know, but I was very open about it. And on my Instagram um, if you want to check it out, it's it's Vanessa Lee underscore RN. I did a live recently where I talked about everything that I experienced after my tummy tuck and lipo 360 and fat grafting to butt and hips. So I had that recently. I had a little mommy makeover. I have three kids and I was like, you know what? It's mama's time to shine. I'm done having kids. Let's do this. Let's have a hot girl summer for the first time in a long time. I'm I want to so wear a bikini. You. Yes. So um, Janet did that. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I have to do this. And then I forgot about it. And now my frontal lobe is bringing back that memory. You <sighs> just said this. And I was like, oh my God, I have to do this. As soon as I'm cleared to, I'm going to do this. Okay. And let's also talk about the difference between microinfusion and dermal rolling. Okay. So there's a video that I posted on my Instagram probably years ago where it showed the difference between like a microinfusion, a stamper, like the do and go, where it goes perpendicularly into the skin and they did it on a banana and it shows a much even overlay, right? Dr. Shamala Sunder did something like that too. It was like big on TikTok for a little bit also. I think it's great because I'm a very like visual person and I show this a lot to patients. A dermal roller, which a lot of my patients have told me they buy on like Amazon or like, you know, from these little skin places online. They think it's great, but actually... In the video, you see the dermal roller working on the banana peel, and it's an uneven penetration into the skin of the banana. So it's a, there's a lot more risk, and there's a lot more chance of hyperpigmentation, hyperpigmentation, yes, hyperpigmentation yeah. and actually well, also, causing more injury to the skin. Yes, because the way that the needles on the rolling pin of a dermal rolling device enters the skin is it enters at an angle as you're rolling it, and it, it exits at an angle, too. So microscopically, you have this V shape that you've opened up 
And that's what's exposed to the sun now and to the elements. Even if you place on sunscreen, it's one of those things where you're still more, more vulnerable than if you were to do a straight in and straight out poke. So we love microinfusions and we have the do and go. And that's one of our favorite treatments for patients at home. If you can't make it to us and you live in Ohio or somewhere that's not close to Southern California and you want a little taste of our treatments, we offer the do and go on our website on thethingswedo.co. Um, microinfusion is where we, okay, so if we talk about dermal rolling, this is what people are doing at home, uh, or some people, I don't know who's really doing this anymore, but you take some hyaluronic acid, put it on clean skin, take the roller, roll the skin to make sure that, you know, you're getting that puncturing of the tissues and hoping that you're pushing that hyaluronic acid into the tissues. And then you take hyaluronic acid and then you place it on top of that right after in hopes of you know, hopefully this hasn't swelled up too much and now we can still get it into those micro channels. The microinfusion device is a little more sophisticated in the sense that there's an open chamber that is connected to the needles and the needles have a hollow pass. So there's an opening through the needles. And as you're micro needling the face, like you do a little stamp on the face, you are getting these tiny droplets that are going directly into the skin of your hyaluronic acid, of your moringa leaf, of your you know, snail yep. mucin with your glycolic acid, all of those ingredients are going 100% into the tissues. It's a little less invasive. It's a little gentler for the skin. And it tends to be my favorite treatment for someone who just needs, you know, there's an event coming up in a day or two and they need that extra glow and they need a treatment with like the least amount of downtime possible. Then it's the microinfusion for me. I think it looks great. First of all, that sounds so much prettier, right? Like these needles that just infuse something into your skin. <laughs> that sounds so much prettier. And then this with the microinfusion, specifically with the do and go, um, I recommend it. Like I got it for my sister when she was pregnant and I used it when I was pregnant. Now, obviously, you know, check with your, with your OB, with your doctor, but a lot of our mommies are like, what can I do? You know, I can't do traditional microneedling because you can't apply any numbing, but the do and go is kind of nice because it boosts your skin and it'll kind of work on your skin for you for, you know, the several nine months not several the like forever length that you're pregnant and it'll work on especially the under eye area because you know once you have that baby I feel like everyone wants to get an office but if you do stuff at home then it looks even better so we have covered some of our favorite bioregenerative cosmetic medical treatments we went over PRFM we went over threads the two different kinds that we use at the office and we went over different types of microneedling we hope that you guys consider these treatments and do your research if you guys have any questions please reach out to us you can email the podcast at podcast at the things we do.co you can DM us we're happy to answer your questions and be in touch with you and we'll see you guys soon bye you guys bye